0: thank you for joining the home church podcast for more information about home church visit us at myhomechurch.org you said when two or more are gathered in your name you will be there and you've never broken that promise grass withers and the flower falls but the word of the lord remains forever praise you god praise you lord thank you lord lord i pray right now lord that we would all have ears to hear that all of my words would fall to the ground and your words would pierce the heart. Be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise you, Lord. Wow. It's hard to know what to do when he comes in like that. Jeez. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Lord, help me. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. In the same way that we worship him through our singing, We worship him through the hearing of the word. So if you would posture yourself to hear the word of God today, you'll be worshiping him just the same. (laughs) I sensed, hey buddy, (laughs) he wants to preach. (laughs) Uh, I sensed uh, a reminder of a a picture that I had in 2018 of the Lord just um, putting his finger in the sand and just drawing a line and I feel the Lord just reminding us this morning that there is no neutral ground, that it is either Christ or it's Antichrist. There is no gray area in all of life and so choose this day whom you will serve. He has made himself very tangible in a special way today that I haven't experienced in a while. And if we will take hold of what He's doing and surrender our life before Him again today, it's the only reasonable response to the mercies that He's shown us it's to lay our whole life down. And I just sensed, I was talking to Caesar and Ray about this earlier and even just what the Lord was doing in worship, that I feel like the Lord's going to be inviting us into Mount Carmel moments in the days ahead, showdowns with the enemy to show that the Lord, He is God, and there is no other. And so there is no neutral ground. More and more we're seeing that gray, seemingly gray line blurred in our day. Those that are going after the Lord are running after him in a passionate way. And those that are running after the ways of the world and the enemy are running after him in a passionate way. And so more and more, we will see the distinction. But I just felt to give this to you. There are only covenant keepers and covenant breakers. There are children of God and there are children of the devil. There are those who are in Adam and there are those who are in the second Adam. There are those who are slaves to sin and there are those who are slaves to righteousness. There is the father of lights and there is the father of lies. Every dichotomy there you could find in Scripture. You are either holy and totally given over to God or your thoughts are corrupt and wicked to the very end for he that is not with Christ is against him. And so I feel an invitation from the Lord that if we're going to follow the Lord, we're going to follow him wholeheartedly. Because in the days ahead the middle ground won't even exist. The devil owns the fence. And so I feel the Lord directing us um, to look into um, Malachi one. We're going to specifically look, looking at verse eleven, but I feel to read some surrounding passages. The title of my message uh, today is God's Guaranteed Glory. God's Guaranteed Glory. Starting in verse 6, this is at a time where the priests of God are giving to the Lord that which is not pleasing to the Lord. And the Lord has to bring correction to them. And I don't believe that this is specifically for us. I feel like we give what is pleasing to the Lord. But there's a sobering reminder here that there is things that are pleasing to the Lord and there are things that are not And he's going to give us the grace to give him that which pleases him. So let's start reading in verse 6. This is the Lord speaking. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say... How have we despised your name? By offering polluted food on my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? says the Lord of hosts, and now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. Will he show favor to any of us or any of you, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one, of you, um, one among you that would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. And here's the verse I want to highlight here. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. God is the one that makes the guarantee that he will be glorified in the nations. That though at this time in Israel there are people offering to the Lord that which was not pleasing to the Lord, that which was not worthy of the Lord, and he spoke to them and said, there is a day coming when all the nations will lift up a pure offering to my name. And we are beginning to see that unfold in our day. Since the all that Christ has done and His name has gone forth into the nations, we are seeing more and more the pure offering being lifted as we lifted this morning, a pure offering to the Lord as we remember His sacrifice, as we remember all that He did. A pure offering in all the nations is beginning to be lifted before the Lord. And this is what we long for as His people, that He would receive that reward that pure offering. So ultimately, when we share the gospel, it is so that God would have more worshipers because he's worthy of more glory than what we are able in our own person to give to him. So we invite another one in. Give him glory. Come in and give him glory. And so I want to put this before you that the end this is actually taken from a, a sermon title that jonathan edwards had written on a dissertation that he wrote the end for which god created the world is ultimately for his glory he created that he would be glorified and our greatest highest good is to see him glorified we were actually fashioned to function properly by beholding the glory of God. So his self-exaltation is not selfish. It is actually loving that he would lift himself up before us because to see him is to become fully alive. So why creation? Why does God, who is in need of nothing, create anything? Why the covenants? Why the giving of the law and the prophets? Why does God, who is self-sufficient, bother in creating and patiently enduring men and angels knowing that they will rebel and blaspheme his holiness? Do you know that? God is self-sufficient. He is in need of nothing. Nothing. Why suffer the incarnation and the cross? Why the resurrection and the ascension? Why the church? And why its mission in the earth? For his glory. That's why. From beginning to end, you you see over and over again, for the sake of time, I won't read it, I had a list how many times the Lord is doing things and he says, This is for my glory. This is for my glory. I've shown myself to Pharaoh for my glory. I delivered you out of Egypt for my glory. I've given you a new heart and a new spirit for my glory. And you see over and over again, this is the end for which God created the world. And as God's people, our greatest desire should be for God to be glorified in everything and in every place as he has prescribed it. And so I believe that is why we're seeing more and more the house of prayer model being, just permeating the church culture because we're beginning to see that there's a lot of peripheral things that are not needed. But there is one thing that is necessary and it is to behold the Lord and give him glory. And we will see more and more the the flanges, the the things on the outside will begin to fall more and more. And the one thing that is needful... (laughs) The one thing that he desires, ultimately, is for his glory to be seen in the earth. And as his people, we must come into alignment with this goal of God. For we will be wandering our life through, not finding our purpose until we grab hold of this truth. That he is to be glorified in everything. If you swing a hammer for a living, you swing that hammer to the glory of God. If you change diapers all day, you change diapers to the glory of God. Every single thing that you do, no matter what it is, if you cut hair, you cut hair to the glory of God. Every single thing, do it as unto the Lord. If we want to love God well, and we should, (laughs) We should do what he wants and do what we can to fulfill his desires. I believe that's why we are beginning again to see the house of prayer model. And it doesn't always look exactly the same. But that the vertical praise of God, you're, you're going to begin to see in the days ahead. A prophetic word? I wasn't planning on saying this. <laughs> that a lot of the worship that talks about us is going to start to go away. Because there's something that's higher. And when he is lifted up, all of our troubles are taken care of. He is worthy. So we see here that there's a direct correlation that God is making between how we see God and how we glorify him. That if how we see him is off, we will offer impure offerings. But if we see him rightly and he is in his proper place in our vision, we don't put him there. We just behold him there. When we see him in his proper place, we come into alignment and offer him what he's worthy of, which ultimately is our entire lives. We lay our entire lives before him. So God's glory on display is actually our highest good. I'm in the middle of a book called Providence by John, John Piper, and he answers the question, why is God's self-exaltation our highest good? He says, God's exaltation for his own glory is not narcissistic, but loving, because it directs our attention away from ourselves to the one glorious reality that can satisfy our souls forever. By him exalting himself, it takes my eyes off my problem, off my situation, even off of my riches and my fame, and I look at the one who's worthy of all of it. (laughs) And that is my highest good, is to behold God in the splendor of his holiness. Jonathan Edwards said, God himself is the highest good of the reasonable creature, the enjoyment of him is our proper and is our only happiness which our souls can be satisfied to go to heaven fully to enjoy god is infinitely better than the most pleasure uh, pleasant accommodations here better than fathers and mothers husbands wives children or the company of any or all earthly friends these are but shadows but the enjoyment of god is the substance These are but scattered beams, but God is the sun. These are but streams, but God is the fountain. These are but drops, but God is the ocean. (laughs) Think about how many times the Lord says, I am the first and the last throughout the scriptures. He says it there in Isaiah 44. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and also am the last. Besides me there is no God. Chapter 48, I am the first and I am the last. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Revelation 11. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Verse 17. I am the first and the last. Revelation 21, 6. He said unto me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Chapter 22, verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God is the first cause of everything that exists and is the end for which everything exists. He starts it and it's all unto him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Forever and ever, amen. (laughs) Now you say that, that, that might sound selfish or even arrogant. That just shows that you do not know him. For to see him is to live. To truly live. For our highest good, our highest experience, our greatest need is to perceive and savor our great God. (laughs) Praise you, God. I heard one time a preacher say, but God is in need of one thing, our worship. That's not true. He does not need our worship. God does require worship from us, but God is not in need of our worship. God created the universe in such a way that just by its existence, it is shouting worship unto our God. Not only that, but before anything ever existed, before man or creation or the angels, there was eternal, unending worship in the Godhead the father ascribing worth to the son the son ascribing worth to the father the spirit ascribing to the father uh, to the father and the son in loving perfect exchange he is in need of nothing yet he desires you who is this who is this god who speaks a word and the cosmos is formed we need a new revelation We need a fresh revelation of our God. And when we see that he is in need of nothing, we could come empty-handed because we realize that nothing that we have in our hands will do anything to provide increase in him. Now, does he desire our worship? Yes, he does. But it's not because it's a need in him, because it's a need in us. We worship him because we need to worship him. (laughs) Worship perfected is love manifested. Worship perfected is love manifested, and God is love. He is constantly, forever, eternally a manifestation of perfect worship and love in himself. And therefore, when we love rightly, when we ascribe, when we give all of our love to him, it is worship. In everything that we do, we don't have to be singing songs all the time, although that is a beautiful part of our worship. But everything we set our hands to either glorifies God or it does not glorify God. But it is meant to glorify God. Every single thing. Praise God. How can we know that God will receive the glory that is due throughout the nations? I'll give you three points here. Number one, God created and redeemed his people for the purpose of declaring and proclaiming his glory. Isaiah 43, 21, the people whom I formed for myself will declare my praise. First Peter two, nine and ten. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim. The excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. This is the very purpose for which he ransomed us, that we would see him and glorify him. Ephesians 1, 11 through 14, in him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory might there isn't a conditional or um, a possibility might is the result we were ransomed to be the praise of his glory and then it goes on to in verse 14 um, we were given the holy spirit the promised holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory god number two god's zeal for his own glory will see it through Isaiah 9, verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So the expansion of his kingdom, the establishment of his rule and reign, where there would be a people in every place that lifts up incense to God. This is his doing. It will continue to increase. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah 42, 5 through 8, thus says God, the Lord, who created heaven, the heavens and the earth and stretched them out, who who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it, and the spirit of to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by my hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. He is jealous for his own glory, and he will have the glory that is due his name. Isaiah 48, this is just to show you his own zeal for, for the accomplishment of this. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. In John 2 and 17, when Jesus goes in to cleanse the temple, and we get that beautiful declaration of what God's house would be, it would be a house of prayer. It says, his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So God's zeal for his own glory will see it through. And point three, Christ's victorious work ransomed a, representative, a representation from all the nations, and the nations will come and give him glory. Psalm 22, all the nations, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord and he rules over the nations. (laughs) Isaiah 2.2 and and reflected in Micah 4.1, now it will come about in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and it will be raised up above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. These are these these words that we could hold on to, we know that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. We know because God will accomplish it and he will use us and partner with us. Uh, we will partner with him rather and we will accomplish all that he desires and we will see the nations come in we will see incense if you had a map we were looking over we will see a flame of representation of the glory of God being lifted from every place as Malachi says for my name from the rising of the sun to its setting that's a lot of worship from the rising of the sun to its setting my name will be great among the nations and in every place Incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering for my name will be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. We serve a king that conquered and continues to conquer. He continues to see his inheritance unfold in the nations. He truly asked for the nations as his inheritance and he will get the inheritance that is due his name. And we will see this unfold. We will continue to see this unfold in every place. And I just had this picture. There's a place somewhere on the earth where the sun never goes down. There's there's places when it's nighttime here, it's daytime there. That means 24-7 there's always incense going up. We might not be giving it here, but someone's giving it somewhere. And there will, in every place, from the rising of the sun to its setting, (laughs) praise God. And then Revelation 5, we see the culmination of this. First, we see the declaration in Revelation 5. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. We We were singing out of Revelation 5 for a bit today. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed the people of for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then it goes to a future look. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voices of many angels numbering myriads of myriads, thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Every creature. God will have his glory. And we know the verse in in Peter that, that says, judgment starts in the house of God. And so I believe today that God is coming to judge every low and unworthy view that we have of him. For how can we expect the world to see him rightly if we do not see him rightly? Again, I feel that God is coming to judge every low and unworthy view that we have of him. Because you have to see he, he's in a category all on his own. I'm thankful for the, I always have to say something controversial. I know everybody's really like excited and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with you about the Chosen series and we're all watching it and different things. But don't, do not let yourself become too acquainted with Jesus in the sense that he is familiar to you the indictment against the people of Israel from the Lord was, you thought I was altogether like you. And he became man, fully, completely. We needed him too, and he is still man. But he is fully God. And the lower we pull him out from that place, the more of a disservice we do to ourselves. That's why many people are very hesitant to give any representation of Christ in any form because they don't want to misrepresent him. So if you watch it, that's great, but don't let it trump anything that you see in this word. Now I'm not against it, but please, he's very relatable because he's made himself relatable. He's condescended and become one of us, but he had never given up his godness. He's still fully divine. And we cannot for a moment misconstrue his condescension for a changing of his godness. He was always at the same time that he was placing hands on the sick, he was still using his hands to uphold the universe. He is God. And we must see him rightly, for we will not offer at his table, we will not offer on his altar that which is due his name if we see him wrongly. And you may say, you may be listening to me preach, you might not be following the Lord, you might not be born again, and you might be saying, well, why should I give him glory? But the right question is, why wouldn't you? Or even better yet, why are you not giving him glory right now? Let me, let me just read to you about our God to lift your view again of Him. That you would behold the one that is so far outside of our paradigm. Every description is more of a distortion than an accurate depiction. Every word is feeble. Language falls short. That's why we have to see Him because we won't be able to fully articulate. We can know him truly, but we will never comprehend him completely. He is the Lord. Besides him, there is no God. The one who created everything out of nothing. That's why you should give him glory. He's the one who spoke the universe and it was formed. The one by whom and through whom and for whom all things were made. That's why you should give him glory. The one who's going forth is from everlasting. The one who has to humble himself to behold the things in the heavens and in the earth. He has to humble himself. He has to go low. That's why you should give him glory. The one who calls to the sea and to the earth and they stand at attention. The one who upholds the universe by the word of his power. The one who shuts in the sea with doors and tells them they can come this far and no further. The one who holds the waters of the earth in the palm of his hand. That's why you should give him glory. The one to whom the nations are like a drop in a bucket. The one who set his glory above the heavens. The one who fashioned death and hell and possesses the keys to their gates. That's why you should give him glory. The one who keeps the snow and hail in the storehouses for a timed release. The one who tightens and loosens the constellations. The one who numbers the stars and knows them by name. That's why you should give him glory. The one who calls on lightning to send it forth where he pleases and it responds to him, Lord, where shall I go? That's why you should give him glory. The one whose breath will destroy all his enemies in the last day. The one whose ways are past finding out. The one who dwells in unapproachable light. That is why you should give him glory. The one who has a numberless multitude gathered around Him, worshiping Him at all times. The one whose plans cannot be thwarted. The one for whom all things are His servants. Everything serves Him and His purposes. The one who sits in the heavens and does everything that He pleases. The one who works all things according to the counsel of his own will, that is why we should give him glory. Because it's the only right response. That if we see him for who he is, we fall down. We go low. We humble ourselves again and again and again. Because he's higher. Just right now, if we just close our eyes. Father, in every way that we thought that you were like us, Lord, we, we, we repent. We come in, in humility today. And we say, Lord, help us. Help us in our view of you. Help us to see you rightly, God. For we know, God, from the rising of the sun to its setting, your name will be great among the nations. We know that, Lord. You're higher. You're higher. You're outside of space and time. You don't play by the, these rules that we're constricted by, gravity and the laws of physics and, 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 and knowledge being restricted to what we know right now instead of what's in the future. God, you know it all. And you have set your purposes, and you will be glorified because you're worthy You're worthy, God. You you will receive the reward of your suffering. And we will partner with you to say, yes, Lord, be glorified. And no matter what it costs on my side, Lord, give us the grace to lay our lives down again for you. Just right now, just posture yourself to see the Lord. To see him high and lifted up. It's the only reasonable response. Romans eleven thirty-three. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. Jesus, just begin to recall some of the things that I've said in in this message. Put your mind on one of those things that sets him apart from all other beings. And when one of those things touches your heart in a special way, just begin to let praise go up. Begin to let praise go up from your heart and out of your mouth. Just begin to lift a praise to God that he is altogether lovely, he is altogether worthy, altogether glorious, that he stands outside of space and time and he, the whole entire world and universe is in his hands and there's not one thing that escapes his gaze and there's not one thing that escapes uh, his notice and that he is writing it all down, he's keeping track of it. we praise you God we thank you Lord that you are different than what we have known you're different you're more glorious that we've seen a measure of your glory but you're more glorious and then tomorrow we'll see that you're more glorious than that and for all eternity we'll be seeing that you're more glorious than we've ever dreamed of and for the ages to come you will display your glory in a new way God for we know that there are angels that spend their time in their in your throne room, and over and over again they fall down and they and they lift up a cry of holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Over and over and over and over, same room, same God, over and over and over and over. Nothing has changed, but everything is different. Lord, let the eyes of our hearts be enlightened. The eyes of our hearts bring understanding, God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Would you bring it to us, Lord? We can't do it ourselves, Lord. No matter how hard we press or try, we can't press into it, Lord. We need a gift. We need a gift from you, Lord. Would you, would you pour out your gifts upon your children now, God, to see you rightly? We're so happy you could join us on the Home Church Podcast. We pray this week's message encourages you to behold the Lord Jesus and bring His kingdom wherever you go. You can visit us online at myhomechurch.org, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, text the amount to eight, four, three, two, one, bless you.